You're listening to The People's Wrestling Podcast with your host, Ali Bunker. It's me, it's me, it's the host of the PWP. That's right, it's me, Aiden Bunker, back once again as your temporary fill-in host. Uh, while Ali is on his way back from Australia, in Australia, in the UK, who knows where he is. All we know is that he's not here with us today. But who is with me here today, not in person, but over the phone, is Matt Bumby. You right? Yes, 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 yes. Well, I think that we should do a hostile takeover, and you should be the permanent host of this show. I don't know if I can really be bothered for that, to be honest with you. Oh, well, you, oh, well let's just put it this way, you do a better job. I'd rather he be, can have it back next week. I'd rather be um, a, an in-ring talent than a general manager, if, if you can put yeah. it in, in wrestling terms. I'm just the... Uh, I would tell I was a CM Punk when he took over the commentary, but no. You know. I'm just the annoying person that's always here <laughs> being an arsehole. I think that's fair. Yeah. Bitches and moans about when he doesn't get what he wants. Yeah, pretty much. And then we'll eventually just leave. Maybe. It's <laughs> easy you get a better offer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right, speaking of better offers, I think there's been a lot of good offerings from WWE this week, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Swing. Yeah, there is, to be fair. It's been a good week of wrestling. Yeah, I think it's been a good, a good week all round in, in in many aspects, not just from Raw and SmackDown, but we've also had um, an NXT UK takeover, the first takeover for that brand. Um, but before we get on to that, um, sticking with the NXT UK stuff to begin with, the announcement of the second ever Performance Centre, WWE Performance Centre, this time in Enfield in London, in the UK, obviously. Um, well, big news. Nobody knows where it is yet. Well. Well, we, I think it's in Enfield. At the weekend, you go scout it out. See if you can find it. Oh, well, I'll have a look around. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because it's... This, this came out of nowhere, though, didn't it? This news. Yeah. It was... I had no idea. I literally... I think I was just sitting... I think it was on Thursday, maybe? Um, and I was just sitting at work, and then you just text like, "Oh, they've announced a UK performance centre." It's like, I'm "Sorry, what?" <laughs> I was not well, expecting this new. I was on Twitter, and I saw that um, Mustache Mountain and Pete Dunne were on, they were on Good, Good Morning, Morning. Ribbon, yeah, and that they said that they were going to a secret location. So I was like, "What is this about?" And then I saw. Like, Triple H just like did a did a video, and I was like, "Oh hell, oh my god, it's a performance." It's really yeah, it was really odd. It, it was it was quite good to see them on Good Morning Britain. Though I don't know if you saw them um, saw any of their chat to do with um, being a vegan. No, I didn't. They were talking to um, I think it was Philip Schofield and. Um, I can't remember, but they were talking about being um, Pete Dunne, especially being a vegan, and how um, like how he manages to kind of get all the protein and stuff that he needs, and um, and how a lot of probably about half of the the wrestlers these days that they that they kind of wrestle with and interact with are all vegans now. 
Um, I was just thinking that, like... Well, no Tyler Bate is as well, isn't he? Yeah. So I was thinking, just imagine well, that. I don't think, I don't think Trent Seven is. No, nah, I don't think he is. Um, I was just thinking, imagine Piers Morgan on his own show. He wasn't there, but on his own show, while he's not there, he's just got a bunch of vegans on his couch talking about how good being oh, a vegan is. Oh, he's love that. I do wonder if Pete Dunne's title is vegan friendly or not, seeing as he puts it in his mouth all the time. Yeah, I would have thought that's a leather strap, no? Um, but anyway, UK Performance Centre. Uh, so they've got, as far as I'm aware, they've got two rings, two training two rings. Two rings, yeah. Um, I think it, it's got like... So it's similar to the to the American Performance Centre, obviously. It's got like state-of-the-art, um, state-of-the-art athletic equipment and gym equipment and... Um, they'll have uh, fitness industry people there for and like recovery people, all that kind of bollocks, the stuff you'd expect to see in a in the performance they, centre. They said that they're gonna have thirty people training there full time. Which I guess if you're gonna make a weekly UK TV show, it's got to be done, really. Um, just trying to look up some details here. Uh, He's called it a 24-7 soundstage for content creation, which sounds like a good um, good tagline. Yeah, so I think, I think what that means is that they can like do promos and stuff from the performance centre. So like they do, like they do, yeah, um, yeah, like they do like, storylines, don't they, from the performance centre. Yeah, well, they've, they've even got like rooms... Um, for the kind of special effects and all that kind of stuff, but it could, I suppose it could be perhaps hinting at maybe a future network special, like is it similar to I don't know if you ever saw Breaking Ground a few years ago. Um, yeah, uh, I, was, I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, I really like them as well. It's one of the first real network series that I watched. Um, so hopefully, maybe something like that that'd be quite interesting. Um, they will be, I'm just trying to read, no, can't find anything, oh, 17,000 square feet, two training rings, world-class strength and conditioning equipment, and versatile content creation infrastructure, um, be able to train the WWE athletes through a comprehensive program, including in-ring training, physical preparedness, and character development, so, this and they're is, also doing, they're going to also go through uh, finances as well with them, which has never been done before, apparently, that'd be good, especially so for how, how you can, like stay, I suppose, head above water and still be a wrestler kind of thing because a lot of them struggle, don't they? With yeah, and especially for for a lot, a lot of these guys who have will be coming from being a full time independent wrestler to now being a full time WWE wrestler, where they might have run into a bit more money than they've ever run into before. But how's to manage that I, and manage I, it with the lifestyle and the travel? Did we not? Um, did we go over when? the um, British wrestlers had to sign a new contract and they weren't allowed to do any independence anymore. I think this must have been what this was all about. Yeah, it, it, would, have, it, would, have, it would have to have been, which uh, there was a lot of backlash for at the time, um, for fans kind of lashing out, especially at British Strong Style being the kind of the core of that, because um, people just want to see them. They've been all over the promotions, but there's only a... There was only ever going to be a certain amount of time they would have been able to keep that up before WWE was going to snatch them up full time. It only makes sense because no matter how good your relationship is with other wrestling companies, you're not going to want to constantly send your talent out to other companies where they might get injured and such. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not it's not going to be too many years before you see the likes of Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne on the main roster, and they're not going to be pushing them out when they're on the main roster, are they? Exactly, and, and these guys are, um, and Pete Dunne has said the same, that um, they've got to think of their families and stuff, and they're not only thinking of their own career, but they're thinking about their families and how, like, how much more money they will now be making from this as opposed to to just being um, quasi-indie slash WWE wrestlers. So, um, yeah, it only makes sense from a business standpoint. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Um, it's the next stage of their kind of worldwide takeover, really, especially the, the first step of taking over Europe. Um, the WWE, I mean, not British Strong Style. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good to see potential future ones that may pop up. People are talking about maybe... Um, Japan or Mexico being the two most likely, and potentially Germany as the kind of central European ones. And Dubai they're on about as well. Dubai, yeah, it'll probably just be Saudi fucking Arabia. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, definitely not Jacksonville. Definitely not Jacksonville. But I want—I know that this has come probably because of the uh, it was the takeover, but like it's just a great. Great timing for the WWE after AEW did all their bit, and now they're like, "Well, actually, we're developing talent over in the UK. It's going to be a strong stable of ours, but we we can get fresh talent from the UK." I just think, yeah, WWE are flexing their muscle a little bit. Yeah, it could be in the right way could be considered a bit of a statement really um statement of intent that they're they're not just going to roll over in terms of like the signing of talent and stuff it seems like a lot of companies currently are quite aggressively trying to sign talent like i know ring of honor are trying to to kind of regroup and and restock um AEW are supposedly going out there with massive deals for people and wwe and always have been with their especially with nxt always quite actively and aggressively recruiting the best so it should be quite interesting to see the choices that people make over the next like, couple of years as to whether the, where, what path they take um, but didn't TNA do this where they aggressively bought talent and then it sort of they shot themselves in the foot a little bit because they didn't have much control over them it was, it was yeah it was the talent they signed they they had signed a lot of people say like Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and all that kind of stuff but they were also signing Kevin Nash's and Hulk Hogan's and Booker T's and Scott Scott Steiner's and all that kind of stuff for people who were on ridiculous money and were already in their forties. Um, but which, like, I, I, I generally want to see like some of the people that we saw at NXT Takeover UK. Well, I actually want to see some of them on the main roster. I think they can go toe to toe with the main talent at the minute. Yeah, I suppose maybe. And I think it'd be, I think it'd be exciting as well. It's not just like, oh, we've signed this person. The risk is that they could be rubbish. Ah, piss off. Have you seen? um, I haven't actually seen. I've literally only seen a couple of tweets about this, um, but. There is supposedly going to be a couple of matches um, over the Royal Rumble weekend, I believe, um, with a couple of the NXT UK guys against NXT people. 
I'm oh, really? I think it was it was it's teams. It was um, the grizzled young veterans of um, uh, Zach Gibson and the other guy. I can't remember his name. I think they're going over yeah. to face um, face. Ah, oh, fucking! I can't remember who it is now. Because it's takeover as well, isn't it, on Saturday night? Yeah. So I think on uh, earlier that day, that there's something going on um, with at least one, at least one match where um, a couple of them are all fighting the World's Collide Tournament. I think it's called. Got NXT 205 Live and NXT UK Superstars will battle in the first ever WWE World's Collide Tournament. Oh, it's at WrestleMania Access, I think, not Royal Rumble. Oh, that'll be. Oh no, it's Royal Rumble. Be access. No, it's Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, because they'll do that at access as well. So we've got. Let's have a look. The World Collide Tournament will be taped for a WWE Network special. Kicks off a 15 superstar battle royal on Saturday, January 26th at 8 a.m. session of access. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> the order of elimination in the Battle Royal would determine the first round matches for 15 superstar single elimination tournament beginning later that season session. Battle Royal winner will receive the first round bye. Tournament will continue at Saturday's second session of access, taking place on 1 to 5 pm, before concluding at final access session on Sunday, to January 27th at 8 to 12 pm. Featuring a variable who's who from all three brands, the tournament will include the following superstars. So from NXT, we've got Adam Cole. Velveteen Dream, Dominic Dijakovic, um, I don't know why they've changed his name, Keith Lee and Otis Dosevich, which is a bit weird that he's on the NXT. NXT UK's got Mark Andrews, Tyler Bate, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin and Zach Gibson, and 205 Live has Cedric Alexander, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, TJP and Humberto Carrillo. Um, so that would be cool. That should be decent, yeah. I mean... So who have we? I, I was having a think about the takeover. Um, I was a little disappointed you didn't. When you said Adam Cole, you didn't baby. do a bit after it. Yeah, there's nothing stopping but, but, you. But it, well, you said it too quickly. My bad. Um, so who's doing it from NXT again? Um, Otis Dozovich, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic. Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole. Bye bye. That's the one. Um, right. Anyway, yeah, I was having a think about the upcoming NXT Takeover, um, and was thinking how currently as it stands, I don't think Velveteen Dream has a match, and I don't think any of Undisputed Era have got a match. Um, there might have tag matches going on, and maybe Adam Cole might not be involved. So I was thinking that was a bit odd. Yeah, no, I've just seen this against um, War Raiders. Yeah. So now I've seen this and. I, it sounds, by the looks of things, it sounds like Adam Cole or Velveteen Dream isn't going to have a match at Takeover, and if they're competing on Sunday, it makes me think are, are either would either of them even be in the Royal Rumble? Which I didn't think they would be anyway. Um, Adam Cole was last year. Yeah, he was last year, which was a bit random. Um, but I don't really think we're going to get as much of that this year, um, especially with I would imagine most of the the guys they're, they're officially calling up like EC3 and all that. I would imagine their debuts will come in the Rumbles. Um, so yeah, I don't really know how much room there is going to be for NXT guys. Maybe one or two from one or two. I would hope that Pete Dunne gets a shout this year. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, there's no reason why not. He's their champion. It'd be good exposure for a brand new brand. It only really makes sense. 
Um, so yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, so let's move on then. We've been talking about that for a while, but just briefly before we do move on, as we're still on NXT slash NXT UK, the NXT UK takeover was this past Saturday, which was really good because it wasn't on a Sunday. <laughs> um, and it was at normal time. And yeah, I didn't get to watch it live. I watched it on Sunday. Um, but I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch it live either. I was at the pub. <laughs> um, I thought it was really good. It was much better than I expected it to be. Not that I did expect it to, to be rubbish or anything like that. It just exceeded my expectations. What about you? I just think it was a, a platform for them to go, do you know what? Look at us. Look how good we actually are. Throw everything at this. <laughs> and the first match just blew it out of the water. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the, the crowd as well was so, so hot and up for it. Most of the night, it did kind of drag on a bit towards the end, but for the start, especially, it was nuts. I was just watching it going, oh, I really wish we were there. Yeah, we should have. We should have gone. They sold out super quick, I think, like minutes. But um, yeah, so we started with the NXT, the crowning of the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions, um, male Tag Team Champions. Who knows if there's going to be any women's, uh, and. Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson and James Drake defeated Mustache Mountain in a really, really good match. So many near falls, but to the point where you were like, I don't know how this is going to end. Yeah, because they'd both kind of hit finisher combinations multiple times, um, and it just kept kicking out. And yeah, some of the some of the spots looked pretty brutal, especially. Um, Tyler Bate being on Zach Gibson's shoulders on the outside and then getting clothesline to the floor. That yeah, oh. um, that looks. Ty- Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate picking up both of them. Both of Jesus. them doing the airplane spin. He's just he's insane. He's crazy, and he could do everything. He's incredibly strong. He's super agile and athletic, and he's he's like what twenty one. Yeah, twenty one, twenty two. It's just shit up on the mic. That is the only. That is his only problem. Which I'm sure, especially now with the performance center, there's there's nothing nothing that he won't be able to work on. So the future is bright. Um, we got probably pop of the night for for what was originally meant to be Jordan Devlin and Travis Banks, but Jordan Devlin rather underhandedly attacking him before the show and before the match. Um, although I suppose Travis Banks actually bought it on himself uh, to only to be replaced by the backup plan Finn Balor what a pop that was as well just, but mind you if you were there you would have lost your mind yeah just for like just the kind of reaction a guy can get and obviously it's in England and it's a bit different scenario but it's the kind of reaction a guy can get when, when you use him right um, yeah which we have actually seen on on, on Raw, which we'll, we'll get to. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was a really good match, good story, and the fact it was kind of student against teacher, um, because he did actually legit train Jordan Devlin. Um, yeah. And even from back in the uh, the, the original or inaugural um, UK Championship tournament, I remember watching it and the crowd singing, you're just a shit Finn Balor. <laughs> and it's always stuck with me every <laughs> single time I've ever seen him. 
And the other chant which made me laugh was his head's too big. For, his head's too big for his body. <laughs> um, he looks like he's going to be a really good wrestler, though, Jordan Devlin. Yeah, he's massively improved over the last couple of years as well. He looks like incredibly confident. He's in, he's toned his physique up as well, um, and his in ring work is, is is crazy. So um, it was a really good match. Kind of saw a more, way more aggressive side of Finn Balor, and dispatched of him after about eleven minutes. So. It was a good match. Um, no body fat on either of them. No, they both need to fucking have a carb. For the love of God, man, need a donut. Um, then we got, which for me going into it was one night I didn't really care that much about. See, not not care that much, but I didn't really expect it to be that good. But it was Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis and an ODQ match. Because from, from watching it week in, week out, the, the feud was all right. It was bubbling a bit, but it wasn't... Anything where I was like, "Wow, I really can't wait to see these guys go at each other," and then they—I think, think the build-up was strung out because of the t- the tapings that they did. So they were so far apart that it was like you can't really get a storyline out of it. Yeah, it was. But they—they've done all right. It was tough, yeah. And then the match itself was actually really good. They—it wasn't. The match it was really good. It didn't go on too long. Um, Dave Mastiff moves like a, a man half his size. It's crazy. And Eddie Dennis, like when you look at him, he, he's quite tall and lanky. He doesn't look particularly strong. But the way he was just walking around with Dave Mastiff and stuff, like you've got to be fucking powerful for that. So fair yeah. play to him. Um, yeah, good match in the end. Dave Mastiff put him away. Um, then we had the women's match for the UK title. UK women's title. We had Rhea Ripley defending against Tony Storm. Um, I love... I'm kind of disappointed in the reaction to this in that I've been seeing a lot of people saying that the title was given to Tony Storm as as like a sympathy, in a sympathy way for the, um, the recent videos and pictures that were leaked online for her, um, not for her, but of her, um, which I think is a, is a kind of stupid take because... If you watch, like they've they've obviously got high hopes for her. That she did well in the original May Young Classic. She won the second one. Um, they're obviously going to book her quite strongly, and she's probably the most female superstar they've got in England. So why wouldn't you put the title on her? I was, I think they've done that because uh, Rhea Rizzo hadn't really had it that long, has she? No. Only, well, so she, I think she's that's had why it technically crowd... since about August, I think, but on TV she's only had it since, what, like December? Yeah, so I think they were just a bit like, that's why the fans are like, oh, well, you're only giving it to her because of this. Yeah, I think, I think if them she two was... can have a, them two can have a good feud over the belt now. Yeah, and I think like if she was to have won the match had these leaks not happened... Everyone would be like, yeah, Tony Storm, she's the best. But people just always want to pick on something and be annoyed about something. Um, I don't want to shit on someone else's parade. That's basically what it is. Yeah. I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll touch a bit more on that later. Um, right, and in the main event was Pete Dunne and Joe Coffey, which went 34 minutes. It went too long. It was It was too long. It was all right, I thought. It wasn't Pete Dunne's best match. Um, it was. 
it had a good story in the start and the way that Joe Coffey kept avoiding all the kind of like finger holds and as many submission moves as he could. Um, it, it kind of botched a few times, especially with the re- the turnbuckle spot. Um, I still don't know what they were trying to do. So I think what they were trying to do is what they did the second time where both of them went down. But the first time when he just went, when they slipped and he went down on his own, they they kind of should have just left it at that. Because Pete Dunne yeah, they fell another way. He didn't fall the same direction, but he fell to the other side of the ring and then came out and they had a bit of a... Like, you could tell they were having a conversation outside while they were trying to decide what to do. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the way the spot ended up turning out, it didn't quite feel as big as it as it as you thought it was going to be, seeing as they went back to it. Um, so... Yeah, that was a bit of a shame, but it was an alright match over, overall. Um, Pete Dunne hitting three bitter ends, two of which they got kicked out of, and one which they got rolled out of the ring before he could pin. So that that's kind of... I wasn't too sure about that, because it makes the bitter end look a bit shit, especially when Joe Coffey tried to hit it on him as well. Um, but then he hit the bitter end, and he, uh, Joe Coffey kicked out of it just for him to immediately tap out to a finger snap. Um, which makes you think, oh, why didn't Pete Dunne just do that? 30 minutes ago. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but the, the, the highlight definitely came after that um, with the debut of who we all know, knew had signed to WWE a few months ago, but we weren't sure where he was going to end up. And then they announced this whole UK stuff. The debut of Walter, which the crowd went nuts for. And I'm not going to lie to you, although I've, I've watched bits of his matches and stuff, I've never seen a full match of his or or his entrance, but crowd seemed to know his bloody entrance theme somehow. I don't know whether that's one that he'd used on the indies and they've managed to do it for WWE or or what, but Walter turned up, the crowd sung his theme tune, they lost their minds, he stood up to, got right in the face of Pete Dunne, and Pete Dunne stood up to him and didn't back down. And Walter just booted Joe Coffey in the face when he tried to get in the middle of it, so it was good fun. I really, I did, I really enjoyed that Pete Dunne didn't back down. Yeah, it was kind of the um, the only the only choice they had. Really, they they couldn't make him back down and look a bit like he looked concerned a little bit. But he, and I think the the concern was more fuck. I've just had a match, um, but he was like fuck it. I've had a match. Let's have another if you want. Um, yeah, I'm ready for this. So yeah, and it was a good visual of. Walter doing his hands behind back pose and Pete Dunne with the title in his mouth. It was a good photo op, so yeah, it was a good ending to a good show overall, I thought. And the, there's a good venue, obviously, um, where, they, where they originally started. Well, I think it was two years to the day when they finished the, um, the inaugural tournament. So, full circle. And hopefully we'll get to go to one of the shows these, uh, one day. Right, so that's all NXT and NXT UK related stuff, but other things have happened this week, believe it or not. Um, have they? Yeah, you might have watched, they might have been on your TV. Um, and there was one man who really was the, the focus of the show on Monday night, which was Monday Night Raw, um, and his name is Finn Balor. So, Finn Balor. Finn Balor, right? So let, let's let's have a, let's just 
talk about how how this how this all came about. Braun Strowman has obviously not been cleared. Yeah, he's obviously not for it. And there there were people trying to say that he was he was going to wrestle at TLC, which was a whole month ago now, and he wasn't fit then, and he's not fit now. So fuck off. Um, so Braun Strowman comes out and says, "Oh yeah, Beastie Boy. This Beastie Boy is starting to get on my nerves now because he said it once about sometime last year, and the crowd laughed, and they they've stuck with it, stuck with it, and now there's literally no reaction for it." Um, but yeah, he comes out and says, I'm going to beat you at the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar's scared of me, all that kind of stuff. And for some reason, Baron Corbin comes out. Do we not actually know why Baron Corbin came out? Because he's a prick? I mean, I guess. I guess Braun mentioned his name when he was talking about Crown Jewel. Um, or World Cup, as they call it now. Um, yeah, not allowed to call it Crown Jewel anymore, are they? Yeah, my bad. Um, we'll get on to renaming later, actually, because it's really annoyed me. Um... <laughs> so yeah, Braun Strowman, Baron, Baron Corbin says some bad things about him. So Strowman, for some reason, just loses his mind and just chases all after him. The en- entire highlight of this segment for me was Elias. Did nothing else. Yeah. This night, what he did was just sitting there, and just being like, I'm just singing a song on my own, and uh, there's Baron Corbin. By the way, he's in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you standing that limo over there? Yeah, so that that was, was good. I don't know why why Braun didn't ask him in the first place. He kind of ran past him and ignored him. Um, so yeah, but then then Braun is it is it just me or I'm getting a little bit sick of Braun Strowman tipping things over. Yeah, it's unnecessary, especially when when so it turns out for some reason Corbin was in the limo and then. Um, Braun Strowman was like get out <laughs> like, he's not just going to fucking get out and then he got out and ran away from the other side and Braun Strowman was like oh if only this limo wasn't in the way if only I could run round it the only way I could possibly deal with it is just to smash it up for no reason and then when it just panned to Vince's face I was just laughing <laughs> I was just giggling to myself Vince's expression of just like what the fuck man <laughs> oh fucking ride home you dick um so yeah, so he goes, all right, yeah, you think you're a tough man, you think you're hard or whatever, well, I'm going to f- fine you £100,000, which seems what to be their go-to amount. What is this new £100,000 fine that's just like, yeah, $100,000, that is? I mean, you could beat up five referees like Charlotte did, or you can just rip a car off, uh, rip a door off into a man's car. It's the same, same price. Um, same price. <laughs> So yeah, you go, and Braun Strowman was like, oh, I don't care, it's not even worth 100 grand or whatever, and Vince goes, oh, alright then, well, how about I strip you of your shot of the Universal title at the Royal Rumble, how about that, yeah? And then walks off, and Braun Strowman goes, Rawr! and then loses his mind again, and then tips over the, the limo, which um, always looks impressive, but it looks just way too overproduced for me, which is always one of their problems, in that they had multiple camera angles from angles where you'd never expect them to have a camera, where this man has suddenly just, just one run... camera of it. Yeah, this man has suddenly just run into the car park. Why is there a camera 30 yards down at the end of the car park showing from a different angle where nobody was like... I just don't get it. It, it was too much. Um... But yeah, impressive nonetheless. He, it didn't make sense to me that he's obviously physically not cleared to compete at the Royal Rumble, but he's all... He, he, but he can flip a he fucking limo. Yeah. Um, weird. But oh, it was alright. It was a, it was an exciting start to Raw, I guess, and it straight away set up a narrative of the show of who's going to be the guy to replace him. 
um, which we find out later on. Um, let me have Rousey. Well, we know, I might as well just say it now. Yeah, so... Might as well um, just Baron, talk about it now. Yeah, Baron Corbin won. Um, no, obviously not. Um, it was John Cena, wasn't it? So John Cena comes out to interrupt Vince, who hadn't actually said anything or made any kind of announcement. Um, John Cena comes out and gets gets all up in his grill and says, Yo, homie, um, give me a chance, because you've given me chances and chances and chances before, and I always win, um, which is an accurate representation. And Drew McIntyre goes, No, 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 you, you, you bastard. Um, that's not how we do things and then he goes I want to I want to be the man and then Baron Corbin comes out and says no no it's going to be me um, and I'll basically sue you if you don't for what Braun Strowman tried to do to me earlier <laughs> which is I think is what he was implying and Finn Balor comes out and just goes oh, you know I'm fed up of always being left out of this um, to which and which was definitely interesting at the time Vince's response of of, is 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 what a lot of people have kind of imagined Vince's response to be of like, well, you're good and you're athletic and you're quick and all that stuff, but you're you're not that big. Is <laughs> what is basically yeah. what he said. He goes, "There's a lot, there's a lot of beef in here, and yeah, you you you're just not big enough." This is basically what he said. Um, to which Balor replied with the whole kind of, "Well, like you never believed in me ever." But these people always have, and the people go, yeah, 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 we did. Um, yeah, we did, but we shut all over you since. So, yeah, that's how Vince then sets up a fatal four-way, which I didn't see coming. Um, that's a lie I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you saw it like it was glaringly obvious. Yeah, so we we got a fatal four-way, which we might as well get to now, which was one of the. It was the main event of the show, actually. Um, so Finn wins the Fatal 4-Way. I was actually shocked. I was shocked. I mean, especially right, when, when the first three people to come out were Cena, McIntyre and Corbin. And I thought, yeah, triple threat for the main event. McIntyre will win it. And then Barra came out and I was like, mm, yeah, maybe. And then when he... Then what we should probably touch on first is that Bala had to get past Jinder to even get into this match. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought that was a bit of a piss take. Jinder, Jinder says, oh, I, I would have been out there, but Braun Strowman had attacked Sunir or Sunil or whoever it is. Um, and I was looking after him, but I would have been out there, so give me a shot. And he goes, all right, you pick so me. I, I really feel sorry for this thing, brothers. Because I've come to him before the show and be like, yeah, we're gonna launch one of you across the room. Yeah, they must do like rock paper scissors. Oh, not again. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, and there's no like. I was thinking like that's a bump for a stunt man, like getting launched across a table like that and just landing on the concrete floor. There's not like there wasn't a, a nice gentle bump. Um, so yeah, poor, poor thing, brothers. But they were they were glad when they got away from Randy on SmackDown just to find that they've got Brock and Braun. <laughs> Um, so yeah Finn Finn Balor eventually manages to get past Jinder after Jinder picked him saying that if Jinder would win then he would take Finn Balor's spot in the Fatal 4-Way and yeah Finn Balor not only does he win but gets personally put over by John Cena on the mic after the match which 
It's always a, a good sign, I think, if you're Finn Balor. Doesn't really get much better than that. You hear though that, um, I don't know if you've heard this, but Lars Sullivan was supposed to debut on Raw against Cena, and Cena was supposed to be the, the start of their feud to go to Mania. Yeah, I mean, I, I sent you this last week, I think it was, and he, he supposedly had a, um, a panic attack backstage and was sent home, um, unable to compete, and was sent home, and has apparently since kept up very minimal contact with WWE. And, like, they haven't heard from him. Like, he, he was meant to turn up at other shows over the weekend or something, um, and he just didn't show up. And apparently Vince is very pissed off. And a lot of the heat is falling on Triple H because Triple H has like strongly pushed for this guy. Um, so I bet Triple H isn't best pleased either. <laughs> and I definitely wouldn't be. Well, apparently, yeah, it was supposed to be the start of their their feud. It was supposed to start on Raw this week, but it was pulled early in the morning of Monday morning. Right, well, I'm glad they. I'm glad it did turn out this way because I think it worked out better, especially for Finn Balor. Um, and yeah, supposedly that that WrestleMania match is 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 potentially on um, on the rocks due to this whole Lars Sullivan situation. Um, but yeah, John Cena coming out and just saying like, this is this is the guy basically in a way. Um, and yeah, I thought it was it was interesting. It was it was good to see. Um finally a a top level push for Finn Balor, who is finally getting that Universal Championship rematch that he never got apart from the one he got the Monday after SummerSlam. But we'll ignore that one just like WWE do. Yeah. I don't you know, you know how it is. I, I just don't understand it. Like the way they think that fans have such short memories that they will literally forget something that happened three or four months ago. Because not only, yep. like, it was the match which, well, technically it was the after the match bit, but it was the match which led to the reformation of the Shield, which at the time was the biggest fucking thing going. Um, yeah, Roman Reigns even came out himself and personally handpicked Finn Balor for a match because he never got his rematch. So now he's had it. He can stop going on about never getting it. So It never happened. But now he's getting another one. So, you know, getting greedy now, Finn. Um... But yeah, fair play to him. Um, it'd be interesting to see what how 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 the match is built because remember last year or t- um, twenty seventeen when um, they had the fatal five way to determine the number one contender and Paul Heyman kept coming out and saying that Finn Balor was the worst case scenario should he had won that match for Brock. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see whether maybe they hop back to that at all. Um, um, I would imagine there's no way that we're not getting the demon at Rumble, right? I hope so. I mean, it has to. He's, he's never lost as the demon, so it only makes sense for him to try to go in as the demon and be like, oh, I can't lose. Um, well, what I'd like to see is he get absolutely beat the shit out of next week. And then that's the excuse to go, right, I need something more. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were just going to end that with him just getting beaten up for a sec. <laughs> um, right, okay, so that's that's what's happened with Finn Balor and, and the main event scene. So we now have Finn Balor versus Brock at the Royal Rumble as opposed to 
Braun Strowman versus Brock for the Universal title. So that should be interesting. And to be honest, I think I was saying it last week, I kind of lost interest in in, in Brock versus Braun at this point just because of how, how they'd kind of screwed up Braun in the main title push. So good to get something different. And it'll be a huge mis- physical mismatch. I'm sure they'll go on and on, on about that. Um... But, yeah, speaking of physical mismatches, we had Ronda Rousey and Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax and Tamina, which was all right, really. The match itself was nothing special, but it was kind of the after after parts which, which made the news, not the news, but made our podcast. Um, we had the kind of awkward interaction after the match. Charlie Caruso comes in, asks some questions, and then inadvertently causes a volcano to erupt. So, poor Charlie. Um, yeah. Shouldn't have asked that. Yeah, like, Sasha Banks getting really unnecessarily touchy about things, I think, in my opinion. Ronda Rousey's being like, yeah, you know, yeah, we're going to have a good match, and I'm probably going to win, and Sasha's like, hold up a minute, you think you're going to win? And she's like, yeah, well, you know, I'll probably make you tap out. And she's like, hold on, you think that you're going to make me tap out? I was like, obviously she's going to say that. She's not going to be like, yeah, we'll, we'll have a good match, and Sasha's probably going to beat me. Like, <laughs> have you ever watched wrestling, bro? Yeah. She's probably going to beat me for the title. Um, no, that's not the way it works. So yeah, and then, then um, she's kind of Sasha stormed out on Ronda, and Ronda tried to come up on the um, at the ramp after her. And and what was kind of interesting to me was I, I don't know if it was Sasha Banks doing her legit boss sign, but as she was walking away, she held up four fingers to her and kind of turned her back and walked away. And I don't know whether it was her doing her legit boss thing or if it was maybe a hint of like you've got your force women, I've got mine. Um, and I. Could this potentially lead into a horsewoman versus horsewoman match eventually? I don't really know how, seeing as Ronda and, and Becky and Charlotte are supposedly rumoured for this. Um, uh, well, I, would, I presume they would do it. They would try to do it for next year's Survivor Series, maybe? As in 2019? This year's Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah. potentially. As, I mean, WrestleMania is, for me, too big a stage for. for the four four horse women, um, with the exception of of Shayna and probably Ronda, um, it's just it's uh, especially seeing as the rumored main event is supposed to be Becky and Charlotte and and Ronda, so it doesn't quite fit with that. So it'd be interesting to see whether there's any mention of the four four horse women in general and how that story goes. But um, yeah, and then there's a bit of an argument backstage and Bailey saying that Sasha's kind of in the right and Natalia saying that Ronda's in the right. Like, my friend's better than your friend. And then they had a little thing with the Riot Squad, which was a match later, but we won't really top, uh, touch on that. Actually, we will touch on that because the Riot Squad said, you know what, we'll have a match with you later on. She's, Ruby Riot said, we like to make bad situations worse, which I think is an all right line. Um, Quite good. I really, do you know what? I really like Ruby Riot. Yeah, I mean, we kind of say it most weeks, don't we? Like, and I think that the, the Riot Squad in, in general um, are much more enjoyable these days. I think we said before that moving to Raw is really a good a good move for them. And they're, they're on almost every week at this point. Um, it'd be nice to see maybe a bit more individuality from now and then. I know they're a team, but it'd be nice to maybe see individual matches from, from Sarah and Liv. Um, just to see what they're about, really. Um, I didn't realise Sarah Logan was married to as well. Yeah, she's married to Rose, isn't she, from from uh, War Raiders. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had a weird fucking wedding, didn't they? Yeah, caught and, or hunted and caught her own food and then cooked her own food for the wedding. 
they all wore Viking get up and all the Riot Squad were there as well and they were in Viking get up um, yeah weird weird people <laughs> not not my not my cup of tea um, so yeah they said we'll, we'll have a match with you you, you two and uh, if you can find a friend then bring them along and who did that friend turn out to be? Nicky Cross I'll play with you it was Nicky Cross play and I thought this was possibly the best introduction that they could have used um, out of any of the the NXT call-ups that they're, they're bringing up at the moment. I thought it was probably the best introduction for anyone, really. Yeah, it was good. Made her I look, enjoyed the way they did it. Made it look really good in the ring. Um, the commentators, uh, once, especially Michael Cole, didn't just be like, oh my god, she's so crazy, what the hell is going on? It was like, she's literally out of her mind, and she's like super dangerous, which is how they should be. Um, and yeah, it was it was kind of weird. With the NXT call-ups, how what what they're doing is and how how they'll appear on both shows for a couple of weeks before kind of deciding on a brand or getting assigned a brand, um, is a different um, different method. But I quite like it actually because when Nikki Cross came out on Raw, I was like, oh, that's a bit of a shame. She's not with Sanity, but then she popped up on SmackDown as well. Well, yeah, she psychotically popped up on SmackDown, did she? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit odd. I just love Rey Mysterio's, like, the fuck? <laughs> um, <laughs> Who the fuck is that? So, yeah, Nikki Cross made her debut and they all picked up the win and it was good stuff. Um, quickly touch on Lucha House Party versus The Revival. The Rival, Revival won via, um, via underhand tactics, which, fair play, because they keep getting screwed. And I have no sympathy. Yeah, fair play um, what I didn't quite understand was they, they won with a DDT where Grand Metalik's foot was on the bottom rope to which um, Dash Wild pushed his foot off the rope. I just didn't understand why. If he didn't, if he had the energy to put his foot on the rope, when it got taken off the rope, why don't you just lift his shoulder off the mat? Didn't get it. Yeah, probably just kick out. Um, you probably just couldn't be asked. Um, so yeah, it was all right. At least they got a win. It further enhances the revival story. Um, fuck the revival. Then we had the whole the whole four way segment. And I suppose what we didn't touch on was the segment where Finn Balor was walking backstage on his way out to the match against Ginger. I think it was, and you could they didn't really make any point of it. I don't think, but you could see um, Lacey Evans in the background with Mickey James and Dana Brooke um, just standing like talking and chilling. Um, so. Nothing too too obvious or blatant for her introduction this week. Not as obvious as it was on SmackDown. Um, what else do we have? Oh, we had the triple threat match of the Intercontinental Championship. So for some reason, Bobby Lashley got himself a title match. How? I mean, if that's what happens when you go around interrupting other title matches, then everyone does it, right? Oh, I bloody will. Yeah, I'll turn up and I'll, I'll get someone disqualified because... I'm going to get a title match for that title next week, right? That's how things work. That's how it works, obviously. Um, but yeah, Bobby Lashley takes full advantage of this, and I thought it was actually a really fun match, um, considering Bobby Lashley was in it. Um, it was it was good pace, good good fast pace, and we had moments of, of Dean Ambrose working with Lashley, because obviously Lashley is the stronger guy who, who can do all the heavy work. 
Um, but then we have the moments with the Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins busting out their old their old tag team moves and then just being like, you know what, fuck it, we'll beat him up and then we'll beat each other up, which I think was quite good. Um, probably what I'm they actually did. quite happy that they're out of the Intercontinental title run now. Yeah, it should never have been in, in, for the title in the first place. Um, it just so happened that Seth had the title at the time and then you couldn't quite make it not a, not for the title because then Seth would just be having the title for no reason. Um, so yeah, I think it is probably a smart decision to uh, to take it off them. But like, t- it's kind of it's taking it off them together really at the same time, even though it was only Ambrose who lost it. Yeah, it's sort of they're, they're sort of saying you're a little bit better than that. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> With Ambrose, it's a little bit weird. They've, for me, they've kind of they, they they've kind of cooled down Ambrose a bit. Like, I feel like they really could have gone for it with him. Um, and I, I guess maybe maybe the title, the Continental Championship itself, was a hindrance. Um, but I feel like they could have done a bit more with him. And he, he's a bit he's not as hot as he was two months ago. Um, and yeah, it, they do a lot with him, don't they? Yeah, they blow hot and cold. It goes through a, it goes through a spell where you think, oh, he's really good, and then you think, oh, I'm a little bit bored of him now. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just because the the company get bored of him, um, and whether or whether in this instance they were, they were like, right, we, we he might be moving on to bigger things, so we need to get the title off him because he's only had it what, a month, um, and he's hardly actually done anything. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, Quite a lot of involvement from Leo Rush in this match. Um, kind of Bobby Lashley will owe him a drink if he's old enough to drink. Um, uh, and yeah, Bobby Lashley has won his first championship since, what, 2007? It's a long time. Who cares? Leo Rush was still in I hope he... Uh... Loses it to Elias, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that, but at the same time, I also don't really want to see many more Elias Bobby Lashley matches because they weren't great. But if I get to see Elias smash him over the back with a guitar again, I, I wouldn't mind that really. Um, then we had. Right, okay. So we'll touch a bit more on this later when we talk about SmackDown. But we had a moment which has caused a lot of uproar. controversy and uproar and bitching on social media. Um, and out of the two incidents of this we've had this week, this was the more illogical for me. Um, didn't quite make as much sense. But we had, uh, it's being advertised all night that we were going to get another instalment of Alexa Bliss's new talk show, A Moment of Bliss. And... Last week, her coffee wasn't brought out in time, so this week, they made sure that her coffee was there before the show. Um, this guy is knocking on her door going, Alexa, I've got your coffee, and you're up next, Alexa, Alexa. She's not answering. So for some reason, he decides to go in, which is bold. <laughs> that, is, that is a bold thing to, to just walk into a woman's changing room um, unannounced. Uh, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. It was 
yeah, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, then he walks in and goes, oh, sorry, sorry, and then just stands there with his hand over his eyes, sorry, while Alexa Bliss is in the middle of getting changed. And she turns around and looks surprised to see him, as if he hadn't been knocking at her door for 15 seconds. Um, and obviously, like, you see, oh my god, her back is exposed, and she's barely covering her boobs and stuff, but it's fine. When you When you look at it, on the surface of it, she was wearing just as much, if not more, than what she does to the ring. Yeah. So, I know it's not necessarily what she was wearing, it's the idea of it, and why was why did it even happen, why was he in there, why did he just walk in, why do we have to see her getting changed and stuff, but oh, who cares, get over it. She's... It's, it's difficult. Um, she's an attractive woman, obviously, and... WWE know that. Um, she must know it. You can't not when you look like that. Um, and you can tell even by the way the way when she walked out on stage and the kind of turn and stuff she did to the camera. You can tell they've kind of told her to kind of ramp up the sexiness a bit, which I don't know about you, but I don't have a problem with. Nope. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, I'm fine with it. And I mean, they promised us fresh, new, and all that kind of stuff. And while it may not be exactly new, because it's the kind of things we used to see 15, 20 years ago, it's something we haven't seen for about 10, 15 years. Um, so I'm, I'm all right with it. Like, no, no, no harm came of it. It, no, like, it wasn't like they were putting up on the Titantron and then they were showing everybody laughing at Alexa Bliss or anything like that, and they weren't body-shaming her. It was literally just, what are you doing in here? Get out. Um... So, yeah, it was a stupid scene to begin with. Um, there was, it didn't do any, it didn't enhance the storyline or anything like that. Um, but I don't have a problem. It was with just it. a little bit. It was just a bit pointless. It was, that was it. It was, point, it was just a throwaway bit. Like it, it was insignificant. It didn't matter. It didn't hurt Alexa. People are massively overreacting to this. People saying that like. It's a disgrace. It's super disrespectful to a five-time women's champion and all this kind of stuff. And it's just... It's a its a TV show. It doesn't matter. Alexa Bliss wouldn't have done it if Alexa Bliss didn't say, yeah, I'll do that. So... Yeah, she's not going to do it. She's not going to go, oh, I'm really against that. I don't want to do it. And... The WWE wouldn't have made her do it. Exactly. It's not it's not how it used to be. Um They if she had her concerns, if she did really that uncomfortable doing it, they would say, Alright, fine, we'll do we just won't do it or we'll do something else. So excuse me. Um So yeah someone who did want to do it though was Otis Dosevich. <laughs> um seemingly anyway. So he we had Alexa Bliss, and actually we should mention it, and I'll mention it later. Um, Alexa Bliss revealed the NXT Women's Championship belts, what they actually look like. And for the large part... A little bit shit. For the large part, I've seen mostly good good feedback and good good reviews. I personally quite like them, but you don't. No, I think they look a little bit tacky, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah... I don't know, I quite like them. I think the thing I like most about them is just that they're not the same as all the others, which has been a, a 
constant in WWE's tag team titles lately is they all just look the same as each other. Um, so I'm glad they're different. I'm glad they're not the same as just the men's one, but in pink or something. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of quite like them. They, they look kind of like the NXT ones, and they've, they've done well on, on a lot of their title titles lately, especially in the UK. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. They've announced that they will be decided in the Elimination Chamber, where three teams from Raw and three teams from SmackDown will compete in the Elimination Chamber. So I'm guessing that means they're co-branded titles. I'm guessing so. Which, mean, which means I guess they'll be defended pretty much monthly on the pay-per-views, but it'll be interesting to see how they work up storylines on both shows. Because if you've got... If you've got... I don't know, say the Iconics... The Raw tag, if the Iconics yeah, no, win yeah. it, then their home is on SmackDown right now. So they'll be feuding on SmackDown with somebody, you assume... But then what if they, seeing as they have to be champions on both shows, they come over to Raw for a week, and then you start feuding with these other people. Do they now have two feuds going on on two different shows at the same time, which are going to merge at a pay-per-view later that month? Like, it's a bit of, it's all up in the air at the moment. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But yeah, I quite like the title belts. Um, we had Paul Heyman come out, who... I can't even really remember what he talked. He was talking about Brock, really. Same thing as he always does. Didn't really get too much out before he got interrupted by Otis, who just wandered on stage, just completely unannounced. Just He just turned up and was just making really weird noises at Alexa. Um, have have pretty, you ever seen... Pretty lady! Pretty lady! Oh, yeah! <laughs> have, you oh, ever... yeah Chucky. have you ever seen, um, especially on Twitter, the whole kind of Otis and Mandy Rose stuff? I've not seen the Mandy Rose stuff. So basically, over the over the past couple of years, um, Otis's thing is that he's been obsessed with Mandy Rose, calling her a pretty lady and all this kind of stuff, and and wanting to to be her. Even to the point when on a, on a house show um, a couple of months ago in an NXT house show, there was a battle royal where they, everyone I think it was a Halloween actually, and everyone dressed up and. Otis dressed up as Mandy Rose. <laughs> it was it was horrific, but it was hilarious. Um, so yeah, I would imagine maybe they're going through this sim- a similar storyline, perhaps, or is this just a one-off thing to introduce him to the main roster? Who knows? But it was quite funny. Tucker Knight coming out and to be like, "Sorry about that, sorry." Um, and then the moment of bliss just gets cut off by the ring bell and Mike Rome in the ring. <laughs> right, that's the end yeah. of that. <laughs> So yeah, not not the best night for Alexa. Um and yeah, that was that was it for Raw really, I think. I don't really think I'm missing out on anything. No, I can't think of anything else. It was alright, it was quite a good Raw. Yeah, I thought it was alright, it was a good it was a good paced Raw. Everything kind of with the exception of maybe one or two things, everything seemed to have a purpose and further enhanced uh, stories going towards the Royal Rumble. Um, which I'm excited for. So, yeah, it was sometimes strong, sometimes sloppy, but good overall. So I'll I'll give it a thumbs up out of ten. Right. <clears throat> so that was on Monday night. Um, tonight we're recording this on Wednesday night. And what 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 happens? What comes between a Monday and a Wednesday? Tuesday. Friday. In some circles, yes, but in these circles, no. Um, <laughs> Tuesday night, SmackDown. 
doesn't quite have the same ring to it. You choose that Tuesday night SmackDown the way you do Monday Night Raw. Um, well, it's going to be Friday Night SmackDown soon, isn't it? Yeah, that's really going to fuck with our podcast. I'm not sure what we're going to do about that. Uh, um, but yeah, so SmackDown happened. I don't know where we were. I don't know where we were for Raw either. I haven't bothered to look into it. Um, but what I do know is that it started. Uh, the alley would have. Ah, who cares? We were in, I know we were in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, that's it. Smackdown was in Alabama. Yeah, I didn't know that much. Because um, I remember Becky Lynch saying it. Who, speaking of Becky Lynch, started the show. Um, started the show, came out and said, I'm going to beat Asuka. <laughs> this is just the typical promo, really, of the... She, she made an interesting point about how... Um, how um, Asgard went into WrestleMania last year, quite completely untouchable, and now she's not. Um, and Corey and Asuka kind of making the point of how um, Becky might be in a similar situation where she was the hottest thing and untouchable and unbeatable, and now she's lost the title, she might be on a downward decline that she doesn't even actually know about yet, which is an interesting concept. Um, but what we got was Asuka coming out, and they both kind of had a, a face-to-face... Um, bit of trash talk um kind of it always makes me uncomfortable when someone who's who's then their native language isn't english comes out and speaks in front of the crowd and the crowd go what after everything it always i feel really awkward whenever that happens yeah it's a bit cringe isn't it because i not it's not for any fault of of like asuka or whenever or whether it's andrade um yeah it was it was just kind of like I feel awkward just hearing the crowd being like, what, purposely, because it's a really dickish thing to do. Like, if they were just speaking to you on the street, to your face, you wouldn't go back to them, what, after every sentence, they said. You might, but you would be a proper dick. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which isn't my bag, that's more yours. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is, but I'm not that much of a dick. Um so yes, uh, they they were interrupted by the Iconics, who we haven't seen for a while, I don't think, really. Um, but they both of them came out and said that they were going to win the Royal Rumble, somehow, both of them, and that they were going to go that. on to WrestleMania and win the title. So I'm sure that will happen. Um, Becky Lynch, in her street clothes, goes, all right, then ask her, I'll show you how, how, how good I am, and decides to beat up Peyton Royce. Which, poor old Peyton Royce. She didn't really do much wrong. She didn't come out and really, like, trash talk any of them. They just said they were going to win the Rumble, really. That was the main... Yeah, I mean, Becky Lynch didn't need to really go off on one, did she? Yeah, kind of did a brawn and lost her rag a bit. Um, So they had had a a fairly quick match. It was probably only about five minutes in the end. Um, And Becky makes Peyton Royce tap out. Um, I'd like to see more Peyton Royce in the ring because she was she was good in NXT, but they haven't given her the chance to really showcase that. And a lot of their matches have been short, and with the exception of of um, their debut against, ironically, Asuka and Becky, and also the show in Australia, I, I haven't really seen them win or have a match longer than five minutes. I'd like to see them win the tag team titles, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, and I was disappointed that they got chucked out so early in, in the Evolution Battle Royal as well. There was literally them at the start, um, which was a bit shit. But Becky beat Peyton, Asuka comes in livid for some reason, screaming in Japanese, and basically insinuates that 
Billy Kay should get the ring. Billy Kay goes, nope, I'm all right. So he goes to walk off, and then yeah. Asuka decides to uh, to bring her in, and then they have a match, because obviously the, they all have power to make the matches, because neither of those matches were scheduled to happen, and then they both just did. So God knows what SmackDown yeah, was originally meant to start with. Um, but yeah, so that happened, and then Asuka kind of did the same, beat Billy Kay in even, an even shorter amount of time. And yeah, that was that really. Then all of a sudden, AJ Styles interrupts them, which that was a bit weird. Didn't didn't see. Sorry, I'll be honest. It's all right, no worries. Um, yeah, AJ Styles came out and just walked around the ring and then went up to the up the concourse and outside. And when we came back from the ad break, he was just surrounded by lots of hot dogs and people, <laughs> which. Did you not notice though that they had the actual actors. crowd behind the barrier, and then they had actors yeah, or was, wrestlers? It was the same. Who as, were not same as what they did for Brian last week. How they had yeah, uh, yeah. all the crowd behind like security and bar- and barriers and stuff, and they just had random people who, for some reason, were allowed to stand next to Daniel Bryan, um, who he then coincidentally decided to throw drinks and food on and stuff. Um, but yeah, so AJ Styles was saying, Look, you know what, like these. These people can have what they want. You don't. Know, you shouldn't tell them what they can or can't eat and all that kind of stuff. Then he says, "I'm going to kick his ass, kick your ass at the Royal Rumble." Daniel Bryan. And he starts giving out free shirts and free gloves and free hats and all that kind of stuff. Which you know, I hope he does that at Mania. That would be nice. Um, yeah, it'd be lovely. And then <laughs> first, who originally for the for about three seconds, I thought. Some fan had just gone nuts and started beating up AJ Styles because <laughs> he didn't get a shirt or something. Um, yeah, fuck you, AJ. It just turned out to be Daniel Bryan, who got basically spine busted into the hot dogs, which I'm sure isn't how he envisaged his night going, or any night really. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah, well, I have. After after a few drinks, it's just like you just end up in the hot dog somehow. Um, so yeah, that was that. They they kind of had a bit a bit of a beat up, a bit of a, a rough and tumble, um, a bit of a slap and tickle, and then yeah, that was that. They got pulled apart, got a match at the rumble. See what happens. Um, so I I didn't actually see this. Because I, I must, I, I, I started SmackDown a couple minutes into it because that's usually what I do because I was trying to save a bit of time. But I've seen a little bit of it. There was some segment with Becky Lynch and New Day and Heavy Machinery. Did you see this? Oh, yeah, it was at the beginning, right at the beginning. Yeah, so something to do with pancakes and, and milkshakes and Becky Lynch drank their milkshake or something? Yeah, um, Heavy Machinery made this disgusting. Uh, milkshake and the New Day weren't going to drink it but Becky Lynch was like yeah I'll, I'll drink it Steaks and weights baby um, yeah I've, I've seen a bit of it it looked weird my favourite bit of it was when the camera pans to Becky Lynch and Xavier Wood's face and he just unzips this thing to reveal just the man t-shirt um, just little things like yeah. that which made the New Day just ridiculous um, but yeah anyway moving on um then we got Samoa the Joe. Controversial. Well, oh, oh, yeah, we did, we'll, didn't we? We'll get that. 
actually did we, how far into it did we, yeah we'll we'll get on to that later um then we got Samoa Joe versus Mustafa Ali and I say we got Samoa Joe versus Mustafa Ali we didn't we got Samoa Joe beating the absolute living shit out of Mustafa Ali this <laughs> is this is what I want to see from Samoa Joe this is what I want to see from Samoa Joe and I think this is also one of the many reasons why they bought off why they bought up Mustafa Ali if you could say up um because he can sell so well. Um, the, those shots into the, the ring post look ridiculous. Yeah, they look like they really hurt. And obviously, he's not going face first into him, but I bet his arms fucking hurt this to, like this morning. Yeah, like, for him to throw himself, because obviously he's throwing his arms there, not his head. I mean, I do... He's not doing a Nigel McGuinness. I do wonder why he's so angry, Samoa Joe. Like, like Mustafa Ali was in a tag match against Samoa Joe last week, which Samoa Joe's team actually won. So I don't know why he's so livid. I guess he's just perfectly livid. Exactly. And then he did the thing where he, like, so he threw him into the post, and then he walked off, and then he came back, threw him into another post, and then he walked off, and then he was like, "Fuck this, I'm coming back again," and went to power bomb him through the announce table and then decided actually no you can't be asked <laughs> it's not worth it um, but I guess yeah this is a, a big statement of intent from Samoa Joe um, going up to the Rumble I assume this means that maybe Mustafa Ali might eliminate him at the Rumble get his, get, get his up uh, get his own back we'll have to wait and see but yeah it was really a, a strong moment for Samoa Joe I think one of his better moments in recent memory. It's what I want to see from Samoa Right, then we got one of the one of the things that I loved and hated about this night was Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. Now you might notice that I'm not calling him Andrade Cien Almas. And not because I'm not confident enough in my pronunciation of a, a Spanish name. Um, but because for some reason Obviously, WWE are not exactly because for some reason WWE have decided just to drop the CN Almas from his name and oh, I don't get it I don't know why they kept referring to him all night as Andrade as if they were like trying to hammer it into you Corey Graves didn't get it he kept calling him Almas we <laughs> um, kept calling him Almas and then immediately correcting himself to Andrade um, I don't know if they've realised that he, in his music it it, they say Andrade Cien Almas, so they might want to fix that. Um, they probably will for next week. But, yeah, for some reason they've changed his name, but they haven't changed his in-ring quality because his match with Rey Mysterio this week was amazing. Yeah, I don't hate Rey Mysterio, I really do. Um, probably one of the only people that does. Yeah, he must be. That's my gimmick, and I fucking love it. Um, but I always felt that he wasn't good enough. But actually, this was a good match. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it kind of it felt like, and it was quite a long match as well. It, it just felt like they were just told, yeah, you just go out there and literally just do whatever you want. Um, You've got this amount of time, just do what you want. And these guys have such good chemistry. Um, obviously, Rey Mysterio being um, Andrade's idol growing up basically that's what he said in his promo before um, 
And can you believe, though, when you look at him and when you look at how he is in the ring, that Mysterio is 44? You No, you can't. But then I never thought he was any good, so... He's all right, though, and he's quite good. Um, yeah, it was just... He would have never won the title if Eddie Guerrero hadn't died. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He did end up winning it years later, so there's that. I think it maybe just accelerated it. Um, but yeah, Andrade looked great in this match. Ray looked great in this match, which is what you want to get both of the guys looking good. Um, some of the, the, the offense in this match was insane. Stuff that, even as a wrestling fan who watches thousands of hours of wrestling a day, because that's, that's what it feels like anyway. Um, it does sometimes. Stuff I've never, I don't think I've ever seen before. And, um, yeah, just really, really, really good match. Um, like, just, they started off hot, went at a fast pace, and just continued at that for about 20 minutes. And the commentators were billing it as if, like, this is going to be a fucking demolition derby, and that's kind of what it was. Um, and in the end, Andrade got the win, which is good for him. And I think good for a lot of the fans who want to see him get a push. Um... He's not going to win the Rumble, let's face it. But it'd be good to see where he goes leading up to WrestleMania. I hope he gets a marquee match. I'd like to see him in a ladder match. I'd like to see loads of people in a ladder match for some kind of title or opportunity or something. Um, I think Andrade in a ladder match would be great. So, yeah, there's the that. Chances are he'll probably be in the... Uh, he'll be in the Battle Royal. the Battle Royal. Um... So, yeah, I hope not. It'd be such a fucking shame, but probably. But either way, we'll be there to see it. Um, right. I might be drinking a beer at that point. Ali will be in the toilet. Probably. Right, no, so that'll be during the main event. Speaking of the main event, what I'm going to do is I'm going to skip to the main event and then come backwards. Um... Because our penultimate point of the night is the birthday celebration that the Miz threw for Shane McMahon. What, what have you made of this whole Miz and Shane thing recently? A load of bollocks. It's a bit confusing, isn't it? It's just like I'm not being. This is not being. I love the Miz. The Miz is amazing, and he can do anything he wants, and will make it good. And he's making this good, but I don't want to see Shane McMahon wrestle, especially for the tag team at Royal Rumble when there are the likes of the Usos, who have not got a match, and especially when like oh, they're probably going to win, aren't they? Yes. I mean, it's confusing kind of how quickly they've become best friends. Um, kind of like how reluctant he was at the start, and then he's like, all right, let's do this. And now he's like, yeah, Miss is my best mate. Um, it is weird. But when he won the, the, the World Cup, um, I was watching it and watching his celebrations and his reactions and thinking there's no way that this doesn't end in a Shane heel turn. And then that just didn't happen. There's literally been nothing made of it. Um, 
now I'm thinking, especially with the whole kind of like Miz getting up really personal and seemingly acting like the a super baby face at the moment, it got me thinking on SmackDown this week that there surely there's no way this doesn't end without Miz turning on Shane. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know where they can go with it. Yeah, is it's got to be Miz turning on Shane, and then I assume that Shane's obligatory WrestleMania match because which would say that they don't win at the Rumble then. Yeah, and it's too much of a quick turnaround. Yeah, it, it would be too quick because at the moment it would get it would get. I I think with the reactions that they're getting, especially Shane, because he's always been he's always been popular. Um, it would get. A fair amount of heat, I think, if Miz was to turn on him. I don't know what you think. Oh yeah, it probably would. So I and think the right person to deal with it is the Miz. He would. He was a. Oh, I don't know. Like he would make that. Look, I don't want to see Shane McMahon wrestle at WrestleMania because I think it takes a spot from someone. Like Andrade, who will probably end up in a battle royal, or do you know what I mean? It's, it's like I don't want to. See, it's like the, it's like Rey I don't want to see him taking up people's spots on the roster. Yeah, yeah, get that. It's um... why go backwards when this company can go so far forward. I don't know, I mean, like, yeah, they, they literally have NXT for that, that purpose, and they don't always use it maybe as as much as they should. Um, not saying that they should constantly go and raid NXT, you don't want to have a million new faces a year, um, and they haven't always been bought up in, in a manner which you would like, whereas if you bring back someone who's previously been around, it's always a bit easier to book them, to book them how you booked them before. Um, but yeah, I can get, I can get that. Um and then we ended up with, with Miz versus uh, Sheamus in a match, which was all right. Um, Miz wrestling in suit trousers, fair play to him. I wouldn't do it. Um, yeah, no. But yeah, uh, then we got Shane doing a coast-to-coast at the end into a cake into Cesaro, uh, Sheamus's face, which looked like it didn't hurt at all, <laughs> apart from Shane. It didn't look like connected at all. Uh, yeah, apart from maybe hurting Shane, but that was that was all I achieved really. Uh, and then yeah, that 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 was how SmackDown went off there. Um, but what 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 we should talk about, and what what the whole world wants us to talk about, Matt, is this 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 disgusting, abhorrent display and behaviour from Mandy Rose. How dare she! I can't believe she kept her robe on for that long. Um, <laughs> right. I can't believe she wasn't actually even wearing underwear. So let let's get on let's get on to on to this. Um, so over the past couple of weeks, then I I can't quite exactly remember how this started. I think the the technical start point of this was when they were looking for a Becky Lynch replacement at. No, they were looking for someone to fill Charlotte's spot in the five-way, the five-woman spot of Survivor Series, and 
Mandy Rose referenced something that had been happening on Total Divas where she said maybe your husband isn't feeling the glow anymore. I think that's kind yeah. of where it started. Um, and since then, and I can't remember the actual origin the origin of, of this little snippet of the story. Mandy Rose has been trying to seduce Jimmy Uso. Um, can you remember exactly how this started? Because I remember her, her maybe saying something to him backstage or something and then the next week um she put that picture of her in a towel um on the titan tron but i can't remember the bit before that no nor can i so yeah she suddenly just started started trying to sex jimmy for some reason um which you know lucky guy and people have been unhappy they're identical twins and he hasn't got a partner why would they not just go after him? Yeah, or why doesn't Jimmy just be like, yeah, you know what, yeah, I'll have sex with you, and then just sends Jay in and do some old twin magic. <laughs> that's what, that's, oh, I thought they absolutely missed a trick. Like, with that. They could have so done that. Like, yeah. Like, come forward I think, and done it. I think in, in back in the day that would have been something they would have done but it's, it's a bit too uh, a bit too edgy for, for current day WWE but they are kind of pushing the um, pushing the envelope a bit at the moment with that especially with what we saw with Alexa Bliss this week um, but people have been shitting on this story before we've even got to this week's episode of Smackdown which annoys me because like we like we keep saying people don't give anything time before they decide to shit on it um, I know it's a, it's a bit different um, because people are talking about this whole women's evolution, but what happens is Mandy Rose gives Jimmy Uso a key to her ho- hotel room, and we we discover the real reason why she's she's messing with with them Naomi and Jimmy is because she just doesn't like Naomi and she wants to make her life a living hell, which that's her character. Her character is she's a bitch and she's a hot bitch. And she knows she's a hot bitch. So she'll use that hotness to be a bitch. So that's Mandy Rose's character, right? Mandy Rose, as a character, and her behaviour, isn't a reflection on Becky Lynch and Charlotte and Naomi and Sonya Deville and the Iconics and Zelina Vega and all the others. It's got nothing to do with the women's evolution and all that kind of stuff. It's one character saying, I'm sexy, I don't like you, I want to ruin your marriage because I don't like you, so I'm going to try and pretend to sleep with your husband. That's all it is. That's the core of the issue. Do you agree? Disagree? I agree totally. So, for people to say that um, it's a disgrace and people are sh- they're, they're shitting over the, the women's evolution and saying that... Um, they're taking a million steps back from evolution in October from where they were I think it's it's, it's a ridiculous point to make in my opinion um, and the, the way that I've been looking at it is, well there's, there's two ways I've been looking at it and one of them being um, that people are saying oh, they're supposed to be empowering women and they're not by doing this storyline so what I've said is Naomi's standing up to Mandy. She's not being manipulated or anything. Jimmy is standing by his wife. He's not giving in to this supposed temptation, which surely sends the message that true love prevails 
along above temptation, right? And there's not really much of a better story you can put or message you can portray than true love prevails, right? Yeah. And then also, well, that... Naomi gets to beat the shit out of her. It <laughs> was more embarrassing than that. Well, exactly. I don't. I don't get what people are shit on it for. And I think like. You've got to remember what what WWE itself is, right? It's an enter- entertainment it's an entertainment company. It produces TV. It's a soap drama, um, a soap opera, right? So this is the type of story, the exact type of story you see on countless TV shows and movies. You see it in reality TV shows. You see it in real life, right? But in a movie, if they if 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 there was a Hollywood film. And they cast uh, Reese Witherspoon to be someone to try and steal, I don't know, Renee Zellweger's husband in the film. People wouldn't start getting mad at Hollywood and saying that Hollywood is a disgrace for going against this whole, like, Me Too movement or whatever. Or saying that um, they're shitting all over women's rights and anything, anything even related to that. They would just be like, oh, that character's a bitch. I hope that character gets hers. But um, Reese Witherspoon's quite a good actor, isn't she? <laughs> that's, that's how it would go. In WWE, that's not yeah. how it works. People would be like, oh my god, WWE is such so bad people. I just don't get it. It's, it's not that deep. It shouldn't be, but people are making it that deep. It's just people, people complaining for the sake of complaining. They always want to be offended by something, which is something I'll never understand. But... What you gotta remember, and I know it's a different time these days, but there's there's a few there's a few points that I wanna make. B well B, what am I talking about? A, they've um they've they're they're catering to a, a like a total diva slash reality TV kind of audience. Because there might be people watching WWE who only watch it based off Total Divas, right? And yeah. this is drama. This is what people want to see. And I don't know. It might. It may just be a coincidence, but I really don't think it is. You've you've definitely seen all the, the amount of times they've been talking about this new show, Temptation Island, right? Yeah. And oh, sorry. Suddenly they were displaying a Temptation Island advert while Mandy Rose was on the TV. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Um, point B is. It may be different now, but sex still sells. It always has, and it always will. I'm going to read out some numbers to you, Matt. Let me know what you think. Go for it. So, on WWE's YouTube channel, we've got... um, Mickey James declares 2019 Royal Rumble entry, 59,000 views. Nikki Cross celebrates her Raw victory, 156,000. Ambrose versus Robbins versus Lashley, highlights... uh, 876,000 views. Alexa Bliss unveils the Raw Women's Championship, 630,000 views. Alexa Bliss is rudely interrupted in her dressing room, 4 million views. Um, I think that got a lot of views. The next one that comes even anywhere, the the next most popular video from Monday Night Raw this week is highlights of the four-way, which got 1.4 million views. So... That vid, that little forty-five seconds of Alexa Bliss, got three times as many views as the main event of Raw did on YouTube. Then we move on to SmackDown, 
right, where we've got um, Asuka versus Billy Kay, 239,000 views, Samoa Joe versus Mustafa Ali, 289,000, uh, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade, 338,000, Mandy Rose welcomes Jimmy Uso to a hotel room, 1.3 million views. So what they're doing is they're trying to draw attention, and they're trying to get eyes on the product, and what have they done? They've done exactly that. So I think it's worked. Well, it's not exactly what they wanted it to do. Exactly. Um, and the last, the last real point that I wanted to make was... Uh, so people always say about how the Attitude Era was so good and want to go back to the Attitude Era or whatever and then complain whenever it does happen. But one thing that the Attitude Era did well, despite all of its shortcomings, was getting people invested in non-title feuds. Yep. Even, like, it could be two of the most random people thrown together in a feud, but they'd always have a good reason, um, or people would be invested in those characters, even if the story wasn't good. So what this does... You know what else the Attitude Era did? Lots of Had a very good... Had very, very good... Um, video packages for the actual match. So you would get like a three-minute yeah, you'd, you'd set, set up to the match. You'd get a rundown as to, right, this is why these guys are fighting. And they would, they'll still do that for the main event feud, sure. But for the mid-cars, they just say they just send them out there and then they expect Michael Cole to tell us. Um, so what, what feuds like this do is it adds heat and investment into a non-title feud. Because these women are nowhere near the title at the moment. And if they weren't in this feud... And probably the Usos as well, if they weren't involved in this, they wouldn't be doing anything on TV right now. Um, so, assuming they have a match at some point down the line, Mandy and, and Naomi, maybe a, a Jimmy on a pole match, um, they instantly people will be invested and want to see what happens. They want to see Mandy Rose get her ass kicked for Mandy Rose single handedly destroying the women's evolution. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of my. my multiple takes on this and I wanted to get that off my chest because it's been annoying me all day reading this fucking ridiculousness online um people need to get a fucking life exactly I was just about to say what what exactly were, are your thoughts but I think that kind of pretty well sums it up right just get over yeah, it yeah well pretty, pretty much get over it fucking if you don't want to watch it don't fucking watch it exactly it's so insignificant in the grand scheme of things no one's going to remember this in a few years' time. Um, I don't like. I don't like a lot of TV shows that I've previously tried to watch, and I don't watch them anymore. If you don't like what you're seeing, don't watch it. Or if you want to watch the rest of it, but you don't want to watch some bits with Mandy Rose in, go and make a cup of tea or something. It's just joke, yeah, or record it and skip over it. Exactly. You don't have to take to social media to complain about everything. WWE is never going to be perfect. Raw and SmackDown are never going to be the perfect show. There's always going to be something which is a bit shit or a bit eh, iffy. And for the large part, they've been smashing it out of the park recently, especially on SmackDown. And for me, this storyline is part of the reason why. So I enjoy it. Matt, I think you enjoy it. I'm sure Ali would enjoy yep. it if he was here. So get fucked. Get over um, yourself. So yeah, there's that. And that wraps up our 
review of Raw and SmackDown this week. Um, oh, yes. Quite a lot to talk about in the end. Um, yeah. And well, are we going to... Are we going to discuss that? Um, someone asked us a question on Twitter, but are we going to save it for next week's podcast? Um, yeah, I, I, I did ask people to send us in their their questions and stuff for our recording tonight, and we only got one. Um, so Lewis Ryan one five four asked us, "Who do we think slash want to win both Royal Rumbles?" We're not going to answer that this week, um, but tune in next week. Lewis, and I'll probably I'll go back to you on Twitter or something, and we will tell you I think next week as um, might as well do it now as a bit of advert for next week. Um, we are going to be recording an episode. I'm, we'll probably record on Royal Rumble Day itself, right? Seeing as we're all going to be together, yeah. So we'll record an episode, yeah, we might as well on Royal Rumble Day itself. And what we're going to do, or what we're going to attempt to do, is try and predict. 2019 in WWE um, things like who's going to win the Rumble what's going to be the title matches at Wrestlemania and who's going to one of the more interesting things is we're going to do who do we think is going to be champion um, WWE champion and Universal champion whatever at the end of 2019 are we going to write it down and then we'll reveal write, it at the end of the year we'll write it down and we'll lock it away and then on well, what I was thinking it was so we can't change it at all and nobody can even see it is I have yours you have Ali's Ali has mine yeah yeah that works we'll all keep it a secret and on the first I imagine the first episode of 2020 should we still be a podcast by then um, if we have taken over and become on the WWE Network or something, um, we shall reveal our predictions, which should be interesting to see how how wrong we will all be. Um, oh, I'm going to be dead right, you know that. Yeah, maybe that would be annoying, but you no, know, I'd have to give it to you if you manage to guess it twelve months in advance. Um, so yeah, look out for that next week. We'll be recording on Sunday. We might do one on a Wednesday as well, um, where Ali should be back by then. I mean, it takes a while to... Well, we might as well just wait. I reckon we might as well just wait for the Sunday. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, it depends how good Raw and SmackDown is, really, and if we have anything to talk about in the week. Um, yeah, so we'll do that. We'll, we'll maybe put up some Royal Rumble predictions on, on Twitter. We've got a new format for the predictions, which I want to try out this week or next week, so um, look out for that as well. And, yeah, so... Matt, you got anything else to add? Um, not that I can think of. No, I don't really have anything either, except for, um, if you haven't already, go and check out the Nigel McGuinness documentary on the WWE oh, Network. Oh, without a doubt. It's amazing. It's fascinating. Um, I have to make sure Ali gets caught up on it as well when he's back, because I, yeah, recommend it. Um, and yeah, so that's it for this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I forgot to mention last week, so I'll do it this week, where you can find us on Twitter which is at the underscore PWP. Um, so feel free to follow if you're not already or just interact with us a bit more. If you don't, or if you're a bit shy, just come say hello. And, yeah. I promise I won't be a dick. Well, yeah. I promise. Yeah, we'll see. Um, thanks for listening, and... can't remember what I said last week. PWP out. Bye.